Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. If you own one of these companies, this is the video to watch. As you know, I'm a researcher. I run a stock market research platform where I share my research and Part of that research now, apart from Italy, is also the SAP 500, all 500 stocks. You can read here calmly my quick takes on the key companies, all of the SAP 500, if you wish. And in the meantime, you might also want to check what else I do, how I do, and uh, how I provide value. All right, first stock, J&J. I'm looking at these companies and uh, pharma companies will have a few more later. The last decade has been great, but there were times for these companies that were not that great. And especially now at the P ratio of 23, for me, it is too risky because I know that pharma can get ugly too. Nothing special in line with market valuations. And if I look at forward estimates, no real growth there, a few impairments, legal issues or something like that. And this is a no earnings growth company for a P ratio of 23. As an investor, as a researcher, okay, nothing wrong, but I simply want better. JPM, the cheapest, one of the cheapest stocks alongside, I think, the oil companies, P ratio of just 10, and many think that this is cheap. And if you look at the numbers, yes, you say, okay, in great years, they make a lot of money. And in bad years, they make still money, not that much, but they still make money, which makes you think that at some price, this should be a buy, especially at these low valuations. And even if the net income comes down to 25 billion, the P ratio will still be 15, not bad. However, as I discussed in this video on banks, I'll put all the links on the mentioned videos in the description below, why I stay away from banks, because I cannot know what is it they have on the balance sheet. I cannot know what Credit Suisse has on the balance sheet, the deals they make. And therefore, I prefer to leave these businesses to Warren Buffett, who I think also exited banks, because he has 20, 50 billion if the banks need money to capitalize. That's not me, so uh, I'll skip the banks. Visa. Visa is one of my favorite overvalued, overpriced stocks of ever. This is one of the best videos I ever made discussing how a change in growth impacts the valuation of the company, the delta of the delta tool. This was in 2019. Since then, Visa didn't do much. And that is because it always has this high valuation and just smaller slowdowns make it very hard for a company to grow at this valuation. Now, don't get me wrong. Visa is a stellar business. Revenues are 30 billion and the net income is 15 billion. That's 50% net profit margin. So they are printing, minting money, but they are using this money for share repurchases to push the stock higher and higher, but they are not succeeding. No matter the money they are putting into buybacks, they are not succeeding into pushing the stock higher, 
which means there are expensive buybacks. And when it comes to these buybacks, I'm always thinking, okay, buyback, 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 but a buyback at high valuations implies that the stock will grow forever and that the market will love it forever. With all the new technologies, the competition, the Apple Pays, the this, the that, I'm thinking that in the long term, there might be disruption. And if you spend all your money on buybacks, if that disruption comes, it can get very, very ugly. Maybe it will happen, likely not, but still a P ratio of 30 means that in the next seven years, Visa's net income will double from the current 15 to 30 billion. Again, possible, but not a bet I would like to take. So from a risk and reward perspective, it's just overpriced. Next one, PNG. We all know Procter & Gamble company. Again, P ratio of 25. Nothing there I would add. Too expensive, even more expensive than the market a little bit. Has enjoyed this bump. There were also times where the stock went nowhere, especially from exuberant times. It's not that easy to always stay on top. Maybe they will, but uh, I'm not taking the risk at this valuation. MasterCard, even more expensive than Visa. Again, a great business and everything, but uh, too pricey for me. And we have seen it struggling to take off after the boom here. The funny thing, I read a comment here when it went public of a great investor local to my country saying buy MasterCard and forget it. And of course, he was very, very right. Home Depot, retailer, now P ratio of 17, a little bit lower than the market, but Again, the risk and reward is that the repair and renovation market will slow down and therefore the valuation will adjust to the market's average. There is also inflation to keep in mind and they will keep prices lower to gain that market share. They also want to gain more business with professionals so that they have this professional and normal consumer business to double the gains. They're doing well, but then again, on this valuation with likely the boom passing, maybe it will revert to the normal trend. But then again, it is just a retailer, as Charlie Munger says. At the P ratio of 17, I prefer other. Next company, Chevron oil companies. And as I said, I don't get people that like buying them high and selling them low. I prefer to do the opposite because if you buy at high prices, then this might be what you get. And even if you look at Warren Buffett's purchases, it was done on a day when Russia invaded Ukraine. So at pretty low prices, lower than now, and they said they bought it because it was better than holding cash with inflation. So typical Warren Buffett, huge buy here. And let's look now at the company. And of course, Buffett will likely own as it is a pretty big holding and a nice stake of his portfolio. The company, they plan to keep investing in growth, in more production. Nothing wrong with that if you think that oil is going to stay. If you think that oil is going away, then it won't be that good. We have different 
cases here depending on the level of price of oil. There can be high prices or low prices. I'll show you in a moment. With commodity companies, always keep in mind they cannot mine or dig up oil forever. They need to invest in those reserves, rebuild those resources, etc., etc. Nothing wrong with that. They did well in the past here, but this is the key. There is a scenario here when oil prices are at 60 bucks and if that is so they will have 50 billion for buybacks and 54 dividends 100 billion divided by five years that is 20 billion per year we'll compare that to the market cap in a second if oil is higher they will have 125 plus 50 175 billion in cash flows divided by five. Sven, how smart are you? What's that? 35 billion per year or something like that. Maybe, yes, 35 billion per year. Now let's compare that to the market cap and in the best case scenario, the P ratio longer term, but then longer term, just five years, keep in mind, is 10. In the worst case scenario, the P ratio is 20. Now, when it comes to investing in oil, I think that if this is the average, oil will hit 32. Then you buy when it's 30 and if you want to sleep well, you sell when it's 60. And here it will hit also 120 or more if the average is 85. And that's the time when you sell. So that's a cyclical, that's how you invest in it. You certainly don't buy at high prices and then sell in panning at low prices. Do the opposite of what the market does. Now, Pharma, AbV, doing well, even if they are going to lose uh, the Humira's patents now, but they have two new drugs coming and that's why the market likes it, keeps the valuation stable. But as I said, the times for pharma can also be ugly and that's something that the market doesn't think now. Especially if you invented the pill that will make us all look like Mitch Buchanan or I don't know who is hot now for weight loss and that's what Ellie Lilly did and uh, therefore they deserve a P ratio of 500. The stock will go to the moon and uh, of course we'll see how it goes but uh, that's why I don't really like pharma because I also know that there can be a lot a lot of ugly. Similarly Merck likely a little bit lower earnings going forward to get to that market average but keep in mind can get ugly and therefore at these valuations I don't like the risk. Broadcom doing its job servicing the industry doing their semiconductor solutions and softwares that's doing great for them they are providing the products there but if I look at the valuation in line with the market even a little bit higher nothing wrong but also nothing Stellar, so Broadcom will just keep doing their business, their job and likely okay, but nothing that really attracts me from an investing perspective, despite the great numbers here. Now, how the heck will Coca-Cola and Pepsi double their net income in the next seven years to justify a P ratio of 30? That's insane to me, especially if I look at Pepsi net income it's pretty flat and I don't see how they are going to double it. 
Similarly, Coca-Cola equal P ratio there. If I look at the revenues, they are declining depending on how they sell those licenses, bottle makers, etc. But too pricey for my Phoenix. Another pharma company, of course, Pfizer failed to have us uh, having their vaccine as a subscription. That business model failed, so likely the earnings will revert to normal and uh, to a peer ratio of 20, 25, like the market. But as said, pharma can get ugly, so I'm avoiding it and I'm not a specialist. Now, a very, very interesting company, Thermo Fisher Scientific, and this is a great example of what to look for to get 10x in your investment. So, of course, now it is a little bit more pricey than the market, but one of the best stocks still of all of this that we are discussing. Let me dig deeper a little bit here. Diversified niche markets, attractive markets, and products that once you start buying from one company, you likely stick to that company. A lot of synergies here with the products. You need this to get with this, to this, to that. And therefore, they have done amazingly well over the last decade, growing, growing, growing. They serve very attractive markets, positive long-term structural tailwind. Therefore, they hope to grow organically, thanks to the tailwind and their innovations, but also from mergers and acquisitions. So if they keep on doing seven plus seven percent from buying companies and then implementing in their distribution and network and everything, they can just keep on increasing their profits as expected, 50% over a few years. And if they do that with improving margins, with great returns of capital, if they do that, the stock will simply follow. That's how these investments go. And if the stock follows, if they deliver on this, the stock will go 50% up. Nothing wrong with that. Even if there is a slowdown and if they keep on doing this for the next seven years, in three years, the stock will be in line with the continuous growth. So from these companies, niche, recession-proof business, but there is also this that I'm looking. So five, six years of bad, likely governments don't spend that much. However, might be a different picture here as more and more is spent on healthcare globally too, as that is developing. So very, very, very interesting business to follow, very good business, nothing that I could find wrong. But then again, you have to know this is a growth stock and you can never know. We see the 3M litigations, etc. You never know what can hit them. But that's, again, a risk to keep in mind, despite the beauty of everything here. Costco, even Charlie Munger said, the only problem here, it is too expensive at a P ratio of 36. Cisco Systems, P ratio of 20. I used to cover it on my research platform, close the coverage because it went up. We even made some money on it. You can read more here in the preview if you want to know full analysis on Cisco and what are the expectations there. Okay, next company, Walmart. Again, 
incredible P ratio. I don't know what they expect. Free cash flow, 12 billion, 400 billion market cap. Japan, 1980s all over, just on a smaller scale. No growth company, McDonald's, P ratio, 34, crazy expensive. And yes, they are doing buybacks to lower the number of shares. So EPS grows, but net income is going nowhere. And if people get smart, stop killing themselves, then the stock will also go to bed. But that's the market now. Too risky at this valuation. Something that's very interesting and shows the irrationalities of the market. Salesforce was at 300, then it went to, what was it, 126, the low, and now it rebounded. But we discussed this a little bit. This was in 2021. The factors to watch are growth ahead and investing environment. The investing environment suddenly changed, but the growth ahead, not that much. Yes, they slowed down for 24, 25% to 14%, and that is something, but they are still growing. And when a company is still growing, and when the stock crashes, what's that, 70%, this might be an opportunity because this was clearly oversold. Of course, I was doing other things in October, but that's something that I have missed because the growth, the plan, the year on year is still there. They are expanding their offerings and the markets is growing and everything. They are focusing on geographic industries, offering more things to the consumer to sell more. Their target and they are still showing it, not more 20%, but 70% growth. They are focused on that and likely will do okay. But if you follow these great businesses, as I tell you, the market will get irrational at some point in time and you might get great opportunities. And that's what we do on this channel. That is why I'm researching these companies. Maybe I'll dig deeper over time in uh, Salesforce. I have put it on my to do, to think about list. Maybe I'll make a video. We'll see about that. In the meantime, these are mostly overvalued stocks. If you want better research, you have my research platform or just stick to the channel, subscribe. We have still 475 companies to go to do in the SAP 500. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you, and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.